So therefore, be proud to be a decent American rather than be just a wanker whipping up fear. Because you're supposed to tackle people, you're supposed to hit people at pace and hit them hard as part of the game. It's not chess we're playing. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double tap does what the f- he wants. Hello everybody and welcome along to What's The Story Podcast, WTS 101. I'm not doing the whole chapter. We, we're, get, we get, we're getting yeah. rid of chapter. We're mature now because <laughs> we've hit our century. Yeah, we've so hit century, we've decided so we can now. Change. I think yeah. that's thanks maybe to one of our listeners, Key Hanley. Yeah, could be actually. Yeah. Could be. He said one, did he say one WTS 99? WTS 90 ah, some It doesn't yeah. count then because it's after 100. Hard luck, Keith. Right then, you've just... Yeah, no, yeah. I've... I've, I've yeah. Bitch, bitch slapped a listener yeah. 15 <laughs> seconds in All yeah. right, he loves us he's not going to stop oh, listening man. Uh, my name is Danny Murray I'm Graham Merrigan of course we have to give a little shout out Graham to our friends at Sinkwood Studios um, and for those of you who don't know Sinkwood Studios is a post-production company based in Ireland they offer a variety of post-production services from audio and video editing on Avid systems right through to creating original soundtracks for TV and film so if you're an independent filmmaker podcaster or production company looking for a post-production service then direct message one of the team at www.sinkwoodstudios.com. Absolute gents. And uh, yeah, we're coming to you from Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel, who uh, put a roof over our head every single week. Check out fitzpatrickcastle.com. I need to stop saying check out, right? Because I got paranoid about this recently because it's a hotel and they don't want you to check out. <laughs> so I should probably say go to Fitzpatrick Castle. <laughs> Like, when I'm writing up the blurbs for this podcast, I have mild palpitations, and I'm like, no, don't write check out, don't write check out, because it's a hotel, and that's subliminal, subliminal, mm-hmm. I never got it till today, but yeah. Yeah, there you go. Go so to. We should just use mm. uh, Clelia Murphy's. Oh, I must, yeah. Yeah, you haven't said her name right at all, but. I know. <laughs> Neve from Fair City. Yeah, Neve from Fair City on absolute hell, but. She re- she was doing this. Welcome to Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel. Oh wow! We yeah. Use that blurb. Yeah, we should. We should. We should just insert that at the start, mm. so we don't have to talk. I put you on the spot introducing horse. I'm going to put you on the spot introducing our guest this week as oh, well. Oh no, I get caught now. <laughs> <laughs> it's great fun. It's great fun doing this to him because oh, he either yeah. he gets very nervous or he I'm just sweating. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I won't judge you. Um, oh no, look, no! I'm sweating. You just do it. You've got it. No, I have faith in you, Graham. Come on. Okay. I forget what we were talking about beforehand that I need to be careful. Okay. Um, the Irish edition of the Times investigative journalist Ellen Coyne. That's it. Yes. That's you, perfectly huh? fine. That was the best yeah. No need to panic. No need to panic. That was the best one I did. Well, that was. Well yeah, 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 yeah. I'll even, I'll even edit out your shit in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make me look good. Um, yeah. So Ellen, thanks very much for coming out to us. No bother at all. Um, and I have no idea how this is all going to play out, by the way. So, okay, neither do I, yeah. so we're both on the same page. Yeah, yes. um, but the whole investigative journalism thing is mad crack as far as I'm concerned. You need... It is like, mad crack, isn't it? It's um, it's a lot of sweating. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like, they give you this... Um, uh, so, they give you this camera. You get all this undercover equipment that's worth probably more than I am to the paper. <laughs> and uh, it's actually like the, the undercover cameras that you use are as small as like um one kind of pinhole on a button right so there's all of that sort of crack but like that that only accounts for like one day 
of like a six month investigation. Yeah. So most of it is me like buried in like six foot of documents with like a, a highlighter trying to convince my editor that there definitely will be something good at the end of this. And he's not wasting loads and loads of time <laughs> and money. But like, yeah, the like sexy fun part that everyone gets distracted with, like the actual undercover stuff and the like really like undercover videos and the subterfuge and the sneaking around. That's like a tiny, tiny percentage of it. But um, I suppose it does. It's so hard to get people to to pay attention to what what we think are really important stories at the moment. And yeah. if you do in the Internet age have this sort of video where you're like, look, this is us like grainy undercover going up against a bad guy. Anything that you can do to capture people's attention and just show expose things as, as clearly as possible. I think it probably helps. That's the whole thing like about video and all that it's kind of like people don't have the patience to read it anymore they just want this instant gratification of kind of like do you know what there's about 400 words there or there's a 40 second clip I could watch and if there's no cat falling down the stairs I don't know how I'm going to react to this video <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean like it's just yeah yeah like we when we did our undercover investigation it was a it was a massive investigation and the first video got loads of attention because uh, for anyone who doesn't know it was an investigation into crisis pregnancy agencies that were run by anti-abortion groups and they were just talking you know they were telling women that abortion could cause breast cancer and turn them into child abusers which is it's completely not true and they were hiding the fact that they were anti-abortion and they were pretending to be an objective source of information so we had this video that got loads of traction and attention where this counsellor was saying you know you will get breast cancer and die you will probably abuse your future uh, a crisis pregnancy counsellor I'm saying that in inverted inverted commas this was just an anti-abortion activist was this this in Ireland? Yep, yep. Last October. And then earlier this year, we did another one. And uh, it was a similar agency run by another anti-abortion group. Um, the, the agencies are called Asmagella. And they went further and said, you know, being pregnant is really good uh, if it's a crisis pregnancy, because it'll give you time to just focus on how you can die from having sex. Sorry, what? And how contraception is also dangerous. So these groups are like, they deliberately set up these websites to be like, we're an objective source of information if you're panicking. They'll pay Google. So if you put in something like Crisis Pregnancy Ireland, they'll come up ahead of like the legit HSE ones. So they're really nefarious. Like they, they do that now. Back in the day, they used to pay for like full Golden Pages ads or they'd call themselves something like the Adam Centre with two A's. So they'd be the first one in the Crappy. phone book under crisis Crappy. pregnancy agencies. Um, but yeah, like we, we did this stuff and we had these videos, but you did notice that it was the stuff in the videos that got most of the attention. Mm. And for example, we had a follow-up story that didn't have a video about how the first agency we exposed, the Women's Centre, which is on number nine, Berkeley Street in Dublin, is connected to a 1997 case where another agency was found by the High Court to have illegally adopted a baby after it pressured a young woman into continuing a pregnancy because it scared her out of an abortion. Now, I think that that is like scandalous and that should have gone everywhere. But I suppose in the internet age, the the video went everywhere. But but because that's obviously something that we never would have had on video. That's something that we got from like trawling through court documents and company records and that sort of thing. That doesn't go as far in the the Twitter age. But both of you look shocked. (laughs) and, and like I've I've heard well. I've heard yeah. some of this before and, and I remember when the investigation first started popped up on my screen and all that kind of thing. But like some of the stuff you're saying to me, I'm like, wait, what? So first thing, right? The the breast cancer bit. Yeah, yeah. Who thought that was a good idea and why? It's actually incredible because there is a whole network of anti abortion activists in the US who write um uh, what we would loosely call science journals, right? Very loosely. Like. Very loosely, yeah. Right. Con- con- claiming to connect breast cancer with um, with terminating a pregnancy. So, 
for any time I do a story on this, I'll get loads of emails from people being like, why didn't you check out this paper and why don't you report the truth? But the fact of the matter is all international evidence, you know, the Irish Cancer Society, UK Cancer Society, show that there is no connection between breast cancer and terminating a pregnancy and having an abortion will not turn you into a child abuser either. Um, Where did they get that one from? Uh, again, there is like there is a Canadian kind of anti-abortion counsellor who writes these books and papers saying that uh, a woman would sexually abuse other people in her family because the guilt of terminating a pregnancy would be so much that she'd have to like carry it out on other people. And these groups, these Irish groups, will like cling to this research. But there was other stuff that like <laughs> the first time we did the investigation, they handed us this leaflet and it just had like all these consequences. And some of them were really like dark and serious, like, you know, like suicidal tendencies. But you could see at the end of the list, they were like running out of stuff to make up. So it was like other symptoms would be like constant swallowing. <laughs> no idea what that means. Sighing and frigidity. <laughs> They thought that, like, <laughs> but, but they also said that you'd be, like, sexually promiscuous as well. So I suppose it just went one way or the other. But in the end, they were just listing, like, things that women do when they're annoyed, like constant sighing and, like, yeah. whinging <laughs> stuff. So they were just, like, obviously some misogynistic tendencies. They were just throwing any old shite in at the end. But, like, it's not really, you know, it's, 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 I suppose it's easy to laugh at it when you're, like, comfortably sitting in a newsroom yeah. going, isn't this absolutely ridiculous? But the fact of the matter is there are tens of thousands of Irish women, potentially, who've gone to these people over the last 10 or 16 years. And in all that time, the Irish government has never regulated these agencies everything that i've just told you is completely legal under irish law because there is no law whatsoever saying that crisis pregnancy agencies have to like be regulated or tell the truth and 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 they have pamphlets with that list on them is yeah that correct? yeah so yeah. it's like you said it's it's not new or it's it's there for everyone to view oh yeah yeah how the hell did he get away with it uh, yeah like surely somebody should be i don't know i don't know i'm not very smart with these things at all but I mean in my head I'm like they're putting this shit on paper for people surely somebody should be able to go I'm going to challenge you on that one but uh, like they're completely unapologetic about it like after we investigated the Asmagella agencies me and my editor were getting like these emails every night for about two weeks at like two o'clock in the morning being like you know I'm, I'm really going to pray for you right all the way down to like you are a liar um, you are attacking people who are like doing God's work and saving lives. Oh. That's the other thing. Like these people think they're saving lives. They save like forty grand for like ultrasound machines. They'll rent offices. They'll like they'll make it look like as legit as possible because they really think that they're like that they are doing you know charitable work and yeah. they are saving women and saving babies' lives and stuff. They're they're super super dedicated to it. And the Irish government has been saying it'll do something since I think nineteen ninety seven. So when I was in primary school, people were saying they would do this. And now in 2017, when I'm like a a grown reporter, I'm still writing the same shit over and over again. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Simon Harris has said that he'll do something. And I, with all respect to the minister, like I'll believe it when I see it. Because there's been, there's been absolutely, we first did this in last September. And there's been nothing since. He's promised that he's going to do something before the summer break. But it's, it's, it'll be June now by the time this podcast goes out. And there's nothing yet. I think that's one thing that politicians in Ireland are absolutely horrific at is kind of like, oh no, yeah, no, that's that's oh, yeah, mm-hmm. very high on my priority list, very high on my pro. There's a pothole on what road? Yeah, exactly. Get that, yeah, get that, exactly. Get that it's really Healy Ray stuff, isn't it? Oh, gee, don't be saying that, Graham. <laughs> the people at Kerry will be attacking it this is, podcast. Though, it? It's real, like if it's not in the Healy Ray kind of radar, 
They don't want to know. Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm saying nothing about the Healy Rays, man. We ah, said it once. On, said it one. Remember we said about the global warming thing? Oh, no. What, oh, what happened to you? What happened? Well, now we are man on the, the Twitter machine. Who said going mad at us? Really? Because you said that global warming was... Well, remember, was it Danny? Danny oh, yeah, you said the climate change was, like, was God-caused. Yeah. God, God controlled the weather, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And the climate change wasn't real. That wasn't yeah. real, yeah. And um, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm being, like, sarcastic. Like, he sent one tweet that was real kind of like, how dare you? But, like, <laughs> it was kind of like, really? Come on, man. Like, I mean... He obviously went to it because I mean, like it was a good forty minutes into whatever episode it was. <laughs> so I mean, he stuck with it. Like, <laughs> I mean, that counts as a download of his. I'm happy. Like, <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Nice one for that. Yeah, deadly. The healer is a great crack. Love them. Um, but it is yeah. though. You're right though. Uh, it is very, particularly in the la- this government over the last few years, yeah. where it's like something really major. And should be given full attention, and it's like, what? Oh no, a pothole in, Clare, in Kerry. Yeah, in oh, oh, we'll we'll yeah. sort that out first. F- what happened to fungi? Ah, oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't um, matter what's what. what yeah. It doesn't matter that there's thousands of women going across the water for abortion. We want to get the pothole filled. Yeah, the pothole filled. It's, it's a boy or like, blood. Did, did you like intend on setting out in this kind of journalism, or was it more so just you've kind of? Um, I always wanted to do like things that um. I suppose like women's issue things, yeah. uh, which is kind of what I do at the moment. Uh, so, but then by accident, um, I kind of end up doing politics because eventually, like eventually, the penny dropped that if you know something really shit is happening to a woman, there's probably like a TD or a minister that you could be holding account to on it. Yeah. And the one thing that's really good about the Times and like full credit to Richie, our editor, is that like. The, the women-y things never end up like at the back of the paper in like the lifestyle section or like the Saturday magazine. They're always on the front page, yeah. which is where they belong, I think, because they are women's issues are like political issues. So I was They're always serious issues, really serious issues, really and serious. like they affect you know more than half the electorate, and that's not even counting the fact that men aren't completely selfish. <laughs> I'm sure would like to see a country where you know people aren't allowed to lie legally yeah. under the law. So um, like that that is really interesting, but I suppose it is it it is kind of um, jarring sometimes when there are some people out there who still kind of question why the Times has women's things on the front page like our abortion investigations and stuff but like that is um the classic example of news or the eighth amendment like people have been one of the main points of journalism since newspapers were first invented is pointing out laws that don't work and it's not like a fluffy social affairs story just because it has to do with like vaginas and ovaries it's it's a law that doesn't work like that's black and white journalism it shouldn't be pushed down the paper because it has to do with women yeah i think the the eighth amendment is something that and again, it's like there's this fear to talk about it for some people. Like yeah, kinda, yeah. It's kind of like... Your reporting on that, by the way, has been unbelievable. Thank yeah. you uh, very much. This, the Citizens' Assembly. The Citizens' Assembly, yeah. Your tweeting on that was prolific. In fact, I was like, I'm, this is like live tweeting a match. This is amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> ever described it that way. Thanks no, very much. Like, no, it, it was like a Saturday, or I think, one of the times, and I was like, oh, that, that Citizens' yeah, Assembly. Yeah, they're voting I wonder who... Then he... He, Danny of the podcast Twitter, retweeted you, and I was like, "That's who I'll go to." <laughs> yeah, yeah. just uh, like what was that experience like? Uh, it was shocking. Like I was stunned to bits. I was one of the biggest wingers 
and so was the paper when they first announced the Citizens' Assembly because we thought it was like a delaying tactic. Yeah. And I've been covering abortion for two years in Ireland, which is not a very long time when you compare me to like other more senior reporters. But I thought I knew everything about the issue. The Citizens' Assembly was like bringing up things I'd never thought of for the first time. And <clears throat> when I was... I mean, it's being dismissed now by the anti-abortion side because they're claiming that of because of the results, way, it's, like. it's biased. Yeah, yeah. But they were like, I think they always knew it would recommend repeals. So they were against it from the start. But like, I was at the, I was at, I was following it the whole way through. And at the first meeting, there was like men, middle-aged men standing up going, you know, I'm kind of nervous about this idea of abortion and I don't really like it. And then at the end, these same men were standing up saying things like, can we enshrine female autonomy in the constitution? And like stuff that you'd hear at like, a UCD FEMSOC debate yeah. and that not not just in an Irish context but internationally is incredible it's like it's proven for the first time that if you sit people down and give them the facts they will fall on the side of being pro-choice and I know that th- that makes a lot of people uncomfortable but the other thing I think it proves is after marriage equality we were all so proud of ourselves and it was a real nice moment to be patriotic and the main thing that we all said was that Irish people at the core are like really compassionate like we might be religious but if we have a neighbour that wants to get married we will vote for marriage equality mm. and if we have like a daughter or a sister who has to like bleed on a flight back from Liverpool we will think that we're not comfortable with that law existing and, and vote to change it um, having said all that, the politicians are about to make an absolute hames of it because they've gone back to the dole now. Yeah. And, and how will they make a hames of it? Is it is it lit? Because I'm looking at the government and it's a majority male government, yes, it is. so yeah. it's like how, that, to me that doesn't really make sense. That <laughs> like Enda Kenny did pick in his last. I think he picked. Did he pick two women? No, uh, was it, no, because uh, I remember the, the the photo op. He had the women go out first, almost to say, oh, "Hey, he did, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did." Yeah, he did. Regina Doherty is that? Yeah, one? she's yeah. the chief whip. You've got Mary Mitchell O'Connor. Yeah, uh, I forgot about Mary Mitchell O'Connor. She's, she's local. She is. Yeah, <laughs> she, is she is local. Actually, yeah. she remember her. And we she's don't. A, we don't talk pretty, about her. <laughs> yeah. She she didn't want to come on the pod during yeah. the general election. We no, tra- really? the only te- she was the only one. We tr- we tried to be very serious political journalists at one point in time on this podcast. Oh, wow, it didn't it, end up well. It, it sank. I can't <laughs> believe she Ooh. and she still got in even after yeah. refusing to be on the podcast. That is, an, yeah. that is a that is a voting anomaly. The border's number one podcast. <laughs> I don't understand the crime. I don't. Do you know Maybe you should ask no. her. She better unfollow me. Actually, or I'll block her. Bring her in because uh, she can. She can talk to you about Brexit and jobs now. That's uh, true. And there might be a reshuffle soon as well if Radker gets in. I so imagine maybe there will be. There will yeah, put, in a, put in a request. But there's no soon. way. There's no way he's leaving the lads alone. Kind of thing. He's definitely sort of saying, "All right, you're in that room, and you're in that room." Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Hundred yeah. percent big shuffle. Yeah. But going back to that, um, it is a majority male government. Yes. Yeah. So is, they're yeah. going to have to decide what women can can't do. Yeah. Yeah. They will. And um, the other thing is, like, the the doll is so behind the public on this and we will all, you know, our opportunity to have certain abortion legislation will be affected by what the Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael grassroots think. And those people are perceived to be more conservative. And also, there was probably people in the Citizens' Assembly who were Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael grassroots, but now those people know more about abortion than anyone else in the country. But the media is unwilling to have the kind of conversation that the Citizens' Assembly had, yeah. and the doll is unwilling to have it. Like, the Citizens' Assembly, just for anyone who doesn't, doesn't know, voted for free access to abortion up to 12 weeks, which is unthinkable. Like, that's a stunning result. My jaw was on the floor, yeah. sitting at the back of the hall. I could, I was sure... What was your expectation been, from the Citizens' Assembly? 
rape, incest and fatal fetal abnormality, that same phrase that everyone keeps throwing out over and over again. But that's what the citizens said they wanted at the start. They said they wanted a weekend on rape, a weekend on fatal fetal abnormalities. What changed their mind is somebody pointed out to them, well, what are you going to make a rape victim do to prove that she was raped before you let her have an abortion? Yeah. Like, is it going to be like the, where you have to prove you're suicidal enough? Like, do you have to promise to take your uh, abuser to court, which loads of people don't do for mm. obvious reasons? Mm. You know, are you going to have to sign an affidavit? Are the other side going to be turning around saying there's women pretending they were raped to get access to abortion? So they decided, some of them decided, I'm paraphrasing for some of the members, but some of them appeared to decide on balance, judging by some of their questions and comments, that it would be better to allow access for everyone, up to a really restrictive limit, which is 12 weeks. Like in the UK, it's 24. Yeah. But 90% of abortions happen under 12 weeks anyway, so that would kind of... Most people wouldn't have to travel anymore mm. if we had that situation. But like no Fianna Gael politician, with the exception of Kate O'Connell, is going to openly say that they want that. Leo mm. Varadkar won't say it, and no. Simon Coveney won't say it either. Coveney won't say it at all. No. <clears throat> no. no it's, it's, it's a crazy situation that like... And like, I mean, yeah, I, I like to think... You know, well, sometimes can be an arsehole, but like most of the time, I like to think I'm pretty kind of like just yeah. Look, at, I mean, I, I shouldn't really have a say in all this. So you do what you want to do, kind of thing. I don't understand how there's blokes who are going to stand in front of the country and be like, "Nah, I can't do it. I'm not letting." Yeah. You. Like, it just, I would it love though, like, like, I, I, I'm going to get stick for this, but I think that men should have opinions on it. No, well, yeah, opinions in the sense of like. The way I kind of process it is that, like, if it was my partner or if it was a girl that, like, I had had a one-night stand with, for example, I'd love to have a say in it. And I'd love to be able to even sit down and have a conversation and say, like, all right, what if I want to have, what if I want to keep that one? Like, and go through that process. But on the other side of it, if if I'm completely detached from it and if I'm completely, f- then, then I'm like, you do what you want to do. Like, that's, yeah. you know what I mean? If I was involved in it, obviously I'd like to be. I'd like to have my opinion heard. Yeah, of course, of course. But like, you you both have votes as well. And I would hate coming up to a referendum, like you should, you shouldn't be backing away from this issue if someone brings it up in a pub. And I know some of my lad friends Mm. do feel that way when they're asking me about like, covering abortion is an absolute conversation killer. (laughs) I would say you are the crap. Oh yeah, like (laughs) on halfway, like seven minutes into a first date when someone's like, what do you do? Sometimes I'm just like, oh, I'm a travel agent. (laughs) You just don't want to like... You know you're not going to meet them again? Yeah, exactly. Please, please don't Google me. Please don't Google. So to be like, oh, I cover like rape and abortion, and so anyway, what do you do? Like, it's such a, it's such a killer. But like, I hate as well when like you can almost see like the tiny bead of sweat on a man's head when you're telling them that you you cover abortion, and they think they're about to get about to get like a Gloria Steinem lecture or something. Yeah. So I think it would be better. Like you're you're gonna be canvassed, and you're gonna have to mm. talk about it. There's definitely gonna be a referendum next year. So I think that lads shouldn't be completely excluded from the conversation. Oh, no, no. How do you see the referendum going? Do you think the sentiments of the nation mm. would be the same as the marriage equality referendum? No. I or do you think the, it's way more militant this Do you think the Catholic Church will make a comeback? Well, I'm panicking because the Pope is coming to visit next year. So oh, he's oh, like, yeah. he's a pretty big get. Short of like Jesus himself coming back. Yeah. If you're pro-life, that's pretty good. But it might be before that. I think it might be like May 2018 and he's coming in August. I used to think that it would definitely be a vote for repeal. I think the majority of the country is in favour of repeal. But if like if people don't know what the law would, would be, like the law that would replace the Eighth Amendment, when people get confused, they vote for the status quo. Mm. And the other thing is, like with Brexit and Trump, I wouldn't dare 
predict a political result ever again. And I was kind of thinking, like, would the Eighth Amendment suffer from, like, an anti-establishment vote? Like, right. all the political parties in the Dáil at this moment in time are in favour of repeal. So if you're, like, anti-establishment, anti-government, are you going to want to bash the whoever the Taoiseach is at that point in time by we voting no? We don't really no? get anti-establishment votes in Ireland, though, do we? Not yet. Not, Not yet, yet, I suppose, yeah. But I'd hate if, like, you know, the Eighth Amendment was, like, the, the moment for yeah. it when they yeah. moved that way. I wouldn't, I just wouldn't have the, I just wouldn't have the balls to predict It's going to be a nasty campaign, though, It's going to be horrific. It is going to be absolutely bitter, man. It is right. going to be, like, there's going to be some nasty, nasty shit said. Really, really and, bad. Like, and what really kills me on it as well is that, like, you'll get people who get, like, a lot of coverage and a lot of airtime, like the Iona Institute, and they're, like, six people. That's all the Iona Institute is, and it's, like, it, there's this tiny, tiny group of people in there, like, and they'll get, like... You know, the, 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 I can't for the life of me remember her name, but she's been on prime time um, and pack any show on TV3 far too many times. Over now, I say that because I don't agree with anything she <laughs> says, <laughs> so it should be a bit fairer. But like, it's we, not that don't I have to be fair, it's all right, Graham. It's not that I don't, uh, well, I don't agree with her, but. It's just, to me, it's just so outland. Do you know the girl, the woman I'm talking about? I think, like, we get accusations of, um, we get this balance thing thrown at us all the time. That my stories aren't balanced because I would write a story saying, the Eighth Amendment is shite, this rape, like, this rape victim had to do X, Y, Z, this woman had to do this awful thing. And people are saying, well, that's not balanced because you haven't interviewed a woman who didn't terminate a pregnancy and doesn't regret it, or maybe somebody who did have an abortion and regretted it. What I try to explain to those people is journalism is supposed to be pointing out the flaws in legislation. So if you do, if you balance it, you're acting like I'm writing about is abortion right or wrong? And that's not what I'm doing. Mm. If I was doing that, I would balance it. But what I am doing is writing stories going, does the Eighth Amendment work or not? And in journalism, balance doesn't mean that both people come out of it like super happy with the result. Sometimes it means one side gets a bit of a kicking. And even if you're pro-life, the Eighth Amendment doesn't work because you wouldn't want anyone to have an abortion. But people are like flying every day. So it doesn't work for anyone, really, does it? Like, it's just a flawed piece of legislation. Mm. We got the same shite with our... Crisis pregnancy investigation, um, the pro-life campaign was accusing us of bias. Bias to who? The uh, Cora Sherlock at the pro-life campaign was saying that we were biased against, um, we were biased against pro-life people and that if we really were balanced, we would have investigated a pro-choice clinic as well. Now, I was really disappointed with that because I thought that like we were past the point where people were just no matter what you do, people will criticise you. I thought, surely this would be a point where maybe the pro-life campaign was saying we would absolutely like to distance ourselves from those comments. We think that, you know, lying to women is wrong. But instead they were turning around and saying, well, the Times is a pro-abortion paper. It's in favour of repeal, blah, blah, blah. Which is really disappointing because I think it just shows how absolute both sides are now that people surely we should all be able to agree that lying to women is wrong. But mm. apparently, even if it's even if that is connected with abortion, that's contentious. Yeah. Like, I was sitting there the night before that investigation broke, actually feeling bad because I was worried that people on Twitter would see our investigation and paint all pro-life people with the same brush. And I know loads of people who are pro-life and I get on with them really, really well. And really, really reasonable people. And they, they have a deeply felt belief. You know, they're not maliciously anti-abortion. They genuinely think that it's wrong. You can't criticise people for that. 
And I was feeling so terrible in case, you know, once things are on Twitter, they're out of control. And then that was the response that we got. And I was honestly stunned and genuinely gutted because Mm. it just gave me an insight of the state of the referendum, if or when it eventually happens. Like, if people are that aggressive and that militant that you can't even appreciate that lying to women is wrong, we're in such a bad place in Ireland in terms of our debate on abortion. Big time. Breda O'Brien was the woman you were trying to think of. Breed O'Brien, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, mix more up with Breed of Power. Who's Breed of Power? Breed of Power is always on the cutting edge. Right. The, the red-headed lady. Oh, she, yeah. They kind of yeah. compare her, well, Twitter commentators uh, <laughs> refer her to, uh, refer her as the Ireland's Katie Hopkins. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That is quite a title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been on the cutting edge a bit. I was only on it once and it was terrifying. You were on it once with George Hook and Vogue. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I really enjoyed the episode. Good. I really enjoyed <laughs> your somebody did. I really enjoyed your reactions to oh, some, no, of, I, some of George's uh, They told me not to do that, but you forget because it's a circle, you forget when the cameras are on you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was pulling a lot Some of, of his uh, some of his opinions and you just see you and go well, what was the experience of that like? Because even oh, Bren, Brendan, uh, okay. uh, Brendan O'Connor himself sometimes c- can be a bit outlandish. I, he was super nice to me, thank yeah. God. I think he knew I was absolutely shitting it. So <laughs> I think he was it's a great show, though, isn't it? It is a really good show, oh, and they're so the nice to you. Brilliant. Like, yeah, the format's brilliant. Yeah, the format is great. I was absolutely terrified um, because it's so personal as well. Like, if you're a reporter, yeah. you are just, you know, you're normally like on Vincent Brown and you're not very colourful you're not talking about yourself but like they were having me on talking about like tinder and feminism and like the crash and what it's like to rent a house like really really personal things and i was just terrified that like loads of men's rights activists would be mean to me on twitter afterwards (laughs) so it's like opening my phone with trepidation and yeah but it was fine it was is there such thing as men's rights oh yes there are there are and plenty and they are very like a very loud group of small losers on twitter who spend a lot of their time targeting female journalists for some reason it's it's lads who just have issues from what i've seen like it is just it's kind of like ah come on get a hobby get it come on i know yeah like it's like could you not have like and all the lists of issues like even could you be like a climate change activist or like i don't know like something else how far the list down the list of issues did you go before you were like you know who's ostracized men you know who needs a bit of help like i'd I'd have more time for them if he was the character down the town who spend his day shouting at the wind (laughs) (laughs) and every town has one every town has one at least they're contributing to the society unlike men's rights activists yeah (laughs) um there was a great conversation on the cutting edge which uh, Vogue said she she said something don't paraphrase me but she said something along the lines of uh, you have to have a couple of guys um, Vogue did she was talking about dating and she's like oh yes she yes, said yes. she was single at that moment of time and she was saying that but yeah you, you know yourself uh, Brendan you have a couple of lads on the go a couple that's a that's the, am I right yeah she that? was saying that like if you only have one person that you're dating uh, women and you know I agreed with her although some people wouldn't women could like fixate on one person and then be devastated if it doesn't work out yeah yeah so if you have a couple of options and one of them doesn't work out then you know you're, you're grand yeah she's basically grand. saying that she has she has a couple so of is, options this is yeah. George Hook's face priceless <laughs> George is like I can't believe what I think I'd be I'd be inclined to agree with Hooky here I think I'd, really? Yeah. really why why like morally on a moral basis I don't know I'm very kind of like traditional you know, 
I don't want to say traditional because for most things I think tradition's a big pile of shite but <laughs> in this case I'm kind of like no if I'm seeing a girl I'm seeing a girl I'm not seeing girls did you, no did you not did you, no like the earliest early 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 like the early days dating, like, like the like first barrier. month yeah so yeah. are we talking about uh, to be traditional about the courting phase the courting phase <laughs> yeah. have a couple right. of ladies right or, or men do you know what on the be? scene do you know what it could be it could just be that I've never been privileged to have multiples <laughs> 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 and you've never done online dating no, no, I haven't I've never no. indulged really so, you yeah. missed that boat you well, you're, boat. Not yeah, missing, you're not missing you're not missing much. I've been with my fiance he, he hears of my uh, horror stories I live vicariously <laughs> through his stories yeah, um, yeah. because um, I had myself and Oxana my fiance had the conversation a while ago kind of like if we broke up I don't even know where it started. Like, because I mean, <laughs> like, you know, I don't go to like nightclubs or any of that stuff anymore, and you don't just meet people down the boozer anymore. So, no. like, and then she was like, "Yeah, it'd be Tinder, wouldn't it?" I'd be like, "I don't even know what way to bleed and swipe on Tinder." So, <laughs> I was pestering him for months. I was like, "Graham, is it left or right? Is it left?" And he was like, I "Don't even swipe me." I was like, "Graham, is it left or right? What is it?" And he's like, "I don't swipe. I tap." I was like, "What? You can tap?" Like, so, so this entire world is just... <laughs> I joined yeah. Bumble this week. What's Bumble? Oh, Bumble is terrifying. It's more so for the ladies, isn't it? Yeah, Bumble? yeah. You explain, Ali. So on Bumble, it's the same as Tinder. You swipe left if you don't like the person, swipe right, and then you find out, if if both you swipe right, you find out if you match. Oh. But the difference with, Bumble, difference with Bumble is the woman has to message first to stop the kind of like horrific abuse you get on right. Tinder, I assume. Sex pests. Yeah, sex yeah. pests. Yeah, the sex yeah. pests. Do you look at me for? <laughs> So the woman has to message first, and also you only have twenty four hours. So on Tinder, Jeez, like, pressure. oh yeah, but like on Tinder, you'd end up with like hundreds of matches that you never message because both hundreds. Of you are, well, ah, yeah, men like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's because, and not to generalize, I think from my experience, men seem to swipe right on almost I, yeah, I anyone, w- I w- whereas yeah. women. Don't. I don't. I don't do. We're very picky, are yeah. you? No, I'm not picky, but I. I I don't want loads in my inbox. I don't want to have the filter. I don't want the filter. The frisbee catcher. But like, you can just like sit back on Bumble and wait for the girl to. Yeah, but I'm I'm on it about on it about three days, and I have no I've loads of matches, but nobody messaged me. Well, I think that's because. if I had like, let's say I had like five matches that I thought looked really good, I don't think I could handle being rejected by five people. So I'll only message two. So it'd be like three people I really like that will never get messaged because my ego is too fragile. So we're talking the Vogue here, is it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll just get rid of like, I just won't, I just won't have the balls to message like three out of five people and then I'll message two because I'm like okay if one of them rejects me then I could probably like I could I could deal with that blow but like I'm just too fragile to so there's loads of men that I probably could have been the love of my life like you know statistically if you think about it but I just won't message them because it's too it's just too devastating you look horrified <laughs> I was like look at the face on you you I'm don't just, know what's going on here. Right? because like I mean I have a hard time deciding what takeaway I'm gonna go to when I use just eats app right yeah so if I'm on one of these apps and I'm fortunate enough to have multiple matches, <laughs> then, like, oh, oh, I, mean, do, oh, I mean, which one do I go with? Oh, do no, 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 like, very quickly, the the worst in you will come out. Like, if you have that many <laughs> matches, you'll be like, oh, didn't, 
I don't really like, like that emoji. Like. Yeah, my absolute shallowness. I'd be like, didn't like that emoji. There's six more of him. What, like what Dan, who works in finance in the IFSC. Okay, there's like 20 more of you. The guy who looks like Conor McGregor, there's 25 more of you out there. So like, if your opening line was shite, I'll just be like, I'll just get another one. Just like swipe left wow, and keep going. It's all, okay. It brings that awful person. Uh, emoji, right, I deserve um, to be alone. <laughs> like that sort of attitude. Be alone with cats and dogs. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. 32 single, four cats. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Right, emojis are basically a second language now, right? Yeah. So... If we're in this situation where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, he's emojied me. What emoji sets you off in terms of get get out? These, get, like... Uh, too many I've crying, laughing faces. Yes, I can't stand that emoji. Yeah. And he'll say something I'm like... I just can't stand it. Or, like, the ones where, like, he's the squinty eye emoji that's, like, sticking out his tongue for no reason. Yeah. And this guy will say something, like, really charming and, like, attractive. And then we'll just throw in the ugliest fucking emoji ever at the end. And you're like, yeah. why did you do that? It's see, like it's, you just, like... If someone did that in real life, said something really soft, and then pulled the weirdest face imaginable, yeah. you'd leave. Yeah, that's a fair point. Imagine going like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't know. Like, conversation. That's the way I read it as. It's just can't get that out of my head. But it's, it's also this whole thing, though, of, and, and I've taken to emojis like a duck to water. I love emojis now. Like, um, P.T. Carroll, we, we had P.T. on ages ago at this point, but he summed it up. It's that little red girl and the, the, the red dancing the dress, dress girl oh, yeah. for our parties. You see that and you're like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> But now, it's kind of like, if I send a couple of texts without emojis, people are like, are you alright? Are you... Yeah, frosty. What's wrong with you? Frosty. Yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to indulge do in you know what I, Do you know what I do with Kevin lately? So, if you're in the lads group, family, or if the lads group WhatsApp, or the family group WhatsApp, and yeah. you say something funny, or you slag someone, I get the golfer. <laughs> <laughs> I get the golfer after finishing his drive. Because <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> I got. Oh. I think I got out my brother, Carl. That's a good. Oh, one. That it cracks is. me up, though. But uh, yeah, if like emojis are a whole new, a whole new ball game, and my ma has started to try to use emojis now. Oh. It's amazing. It she doesn't. She doesn't grasp. But my ma still signs her name on the end of her Facebook post. That is that. adorable. So, <laughs> so so formal. Oh, stop! Yeah, did she say A? Is it? Yeah, it's, no, she she has actually. Sorry, she shortened it down. To, I think she's starting to like. Oh, nobody else. Did. Do you know what? I'll, I won't make it obvious that I'm dropping it. I'll just casually Face put it in. Yeah. So, so she's gone a couple of letters at a time. <laughs> <laughs> she's mad as well for doing them quizzes. Do you know that? Only oh, geniuses yeah, get 10 out of 10 yeah. in this land. Like every so often you'll just see on page 10 out of 10. <laughs> That's it, ma. You know the 70s. That's it. Classic. I'm not going to get fed for a month now. <laughs> Off your man, that's yeah. cold. That's cold. Oh, I'll tell you, ah, she'd do the same to me, she'd no problem with it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm, that's uh, online dating. Online dating, yeah, it's uh, that's uh, uh, well, I hope it's a world I never have to go into, um, for obvious reasons because <laughs> <laughs> you're engaged. Because, yeah, because if I said, Do you know, I might check that out sometime, <laughs> I would get battered. So. <laughs> check it for the laugh. <laughs> no, I'm not risking it. We'll go no, back. To, we'll go back. We'll go back to serious matters. All right. Okay. 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 Are we? Are we? Okay. I just wanted to bring up because over the since like September October, we've had the anti-abortion clinics story. Uh, we've also had um, Chum. Yeah. And then we had the National Maternity Hospital. Yeah. So do you think we were we were talking about the nation's kind of conscience when it comes to the referendum next year? Do you think 
all those stories will help um, push I think, it over the line. Yeah, yeah, like there's definitely an appetite for, um, I have never seen before the appetite that people have for like separating church and state. And I wonder, like the Ireland edition of the Times broke the National Maternity Hospital story in March. And sometimes I wonder, not to not at all to imply that the story is not important because it's very, very important. It's fantastic that we have a situation now where religion is separating itself from health. But I wonder if it hadn't been the National Maternity Hospital story, would the next thing have been, was there always going to be like a straw that broke the camel's back? Um, are people just at a point in time, like you said, the abortion stuff, tomb. There was a story earlier this year about how much the church still owed like victim survivors of institutional abuse. And I think that um, the way I was saying it was like paraphrasing like the fault in our stars and saying it's like Ireland fell out of love with the church like really slowly and then all at once. So just over the last 12 months, people have gotten so aggrieved. And I think it's like my parents' generation who had terrible experiences with the Catholic Church. And now they're wondering, like, why do I have to put my daughter or son in a Catholic school because they have to be baptized because there's no school nearby? Like little things like that. How is there still like I left school in 2008 and still didn't have any sex education at that point in time. We only made the morning after pill available over the counter in Ireland in 2011. And we only made it available to people who have medical cards. We actually haven't. It's not until this month, actually, June, that it's going to be available over the counter to people with medical cards, despite the fact that the least privileged women in society account for like a huge proportion of people who need emergency contraception. And all of that, there is no way that that's a coincidence that Ireland just happens to be shitter on women's rights. Like it's definitely connected to the fact that as soon as we were independent as a country, we brought in the church and they made women like second class citizens. So I think that like next year, the vote could be an anti-religion vote as well as a... yeah. Anti, um, I'd be happy I, with that. I was going to say, I would almost hope for that, if I'm being honest. I'm, look, I've nothing really against religion. If people are into that, and I, and I know people, like, I mean, I still keep in contact with the brothers who ran our school. Mm. Um, they're gentlemen. And, you know, and it's that whole thing, like you were saying earlier, if, if people who are anti-abortion because they just believe it's wrong. And yeah. that's same religion, if that's what you're into and all that. But don't force it down people's necks. And don't, like, like that whole thing of forcing a kid into a Catholic school Purely because there's no other skill for them. Yeah, like, yeah. That's bollocks. It's yeah. 2017, lads. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's bananas that that happened. <coughs> or happens, rather. Um, the, the, the great fault, Mr. Stars reference, by the way. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Have you seen that film, have you? No. no I wouldn't recommend coaster. it if you're hungover. It's a oh. dose. What, what's the film? It's a it's Nicholas like Sparks a, uh, joke. Yeah, it was like a teenage rom-com novel made into a very weepy film with a yeah. really emo soundtrack I don't know, mm. if you're somebody who likes crying when they're hungover and they go for it. Some people just, get terrible. I don't, I don't need films, I just do be cuddling me pillow and crying. Yeah. <laughs> or if you just like crying on a Tuesday night. Yeah, exactly. Go for it. Go yeah. for it. On a Tuesday night? Is that you, yeah. is that you when you watch it? It's me every Tuesday. That's, <laughs> that's my scheduled the crying. Thing even. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's actually a good film. I enjoy, but anyway, yeah, that's off point. Um, this whole, and like you were saying, like 2011 for the moment. Like, I mean, 2011, like... <laughs> It's not long ago. No, like, isn't like, I mean, like, what? Hang on a second. 2011, like what? Bin Laden died in 2011, right? There's a reference point, lad. Yeah, like, Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what we're talking about here. So it's not that long ago at all. And yeah. It wasn't a playboy. He was only legalised in 1993. Over here? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 93. Yeah. yeah. Abortion information was only legalised in 92. 
before that it was censored so you used to have to rip articles out of Cosmo and stuff when it was coming over from the UK Jesus. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, know, I, used yeah. to, I used to rip articles out of Cosmo for a completely different reason. What? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I, I, I would almost hope there's a bit of a anti-church sentiment in people's votes next year. Yeah, like I, I think it's, it's sad in a way because I used to be really, really religious when I was mm. younger. And I think it is sad that like I can't, I couldn't morally raise any potential children as Catholic. Yeah. Because as soon as I was old enough to realise, like, the way that they value and see women. Um, but, like, losing your religion is not a fun experience. And all but you don't have to, though, either, though. Do you know what I mean? Some I people, couldn't. I couldn't. No, no, like, people, in generally speaking, like, you'd, I just, I would love if we could separate church from state. But also, like, I'm not religious, but people should be still able to do their own religion but it shouldn't come into uh, arguments about uh, legislation yeah do you know yeah, yeah. because it's just it just, Look, just it seems crazy you shouldn't have to go into a hospital and have to deal with religious stuff no unless you make the conscious decision of you know I'm going in for surgery I'd like to have a priest say a prayer for me that kind of shit yeah like, of course yeah that's fine whatever about that nor should it play a part in you know women having control over their bodies nor should it play a part in you know land ownership of educational buildings and all that kind of crack and it definitely like i mean one of the biggest things that turns me off the, the church in general is what you were saying there like the whole how they've handled the whole um sexual abuse scandal yeah. and the way the victims have been treated since then and it's almost victim the lack blaming, of compensation like, as well it's like the compensation thing is one thing but because like i, I <laughs> I don't know. I always feel iffy when people bring up compensation because I'm kind of like, no amount of compensation mm-hmm. is going to right the wrong. Like, mm. you know what I mean? I agree, but the agreed compensation. Yeah, yeah. Look, there, there has to be something, I suppose. But how they handled everything, and even like recently, I seen, and I can't remember the dude's name, and I don't know what his exact position in the church is, but he's somebody high up because he was addressing like a big youth conference, and he was saying that like, <laughs> the double header this one. He was like, abortion is only worse than uh, gay men having sex. And I was kind of like, oh, all right, yeah, he's really gone for it there. Like, but, and, like, he says this stone-faced and, like, genuinely, like, this is his belief and that, like, that is... And I'm like, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get, the, like... Yeah, I can't I, I feel bad for I feel bad for people like that in the church because when he says things like that, he gets... I think that in the church's view, when people are going, what in the world? How how dare you say that? Mm. They're, the way that they're coming at it from is, well, that's just my opinion and that's my belief. But where people like us are coming from it from is, you don't understand that you've had a position of privilege for ages. Yeah. And while that is like your deeply held belief and absolutely hold it, like you're never going to be invited to a gay wedding, I imagine. So it's not going to affect you. Yeah. But I don't think the church realizes like how much privilege it has and how much of an effect it's had on everybody. Mm. And they just see themselves as like individuals who just have personal beliefs. They don't see themselves as part of like this massive patriarchal institution. So I think sometimes like they don't get it. And it must be awful to feel like there's a witch hunt against nuns because of the maternity hospital stuff or that people are turning away from the church because of things that like a minority group of people did. But I just think that the church needs to accept that it was forced on us for yeah. a really long time, particularly anyone our age who grew up in like the 80s or the 90s. And we're just at a point now where we just really want the choice 
Um, and I think if we got the choice sooner, more people would still be Catholic. Yeah. Well, because think, you're not repelled from yeah. it as much. I think it's hard yeah, as well, though. And, and while I kind of accept what you're saying in one sense, that it's not all of them. And, and I kind of echo to myself, there are plenty of great people who are involved with the Catholic Church and the and Church any religion, of Ireland, yeah. any religion. Brilliant, brilliant people. But I think one of the things is that there's a pattern almost in the sense that there's this... It's not just a small minority anymore in the sense that it's all of these minorities who have built up to so many incidents. Yeah. And it's it's pathological. It's, it's systematic. It's, you know, I mean, like, the mother and baby's home is one thing. Then you have this scandal then involving nuns again with the church. Scandal's probably not the right word. Or the, not church, the, the maternity hospital. But then when you start to look at, like, obviously just child abuse in general and the cover-ups and, you know, priests being taken out of one parish and put into another to just sort yeah. of, oh, move along. Like, yeah. So while it is just a small group of people, ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, we're doing it, the point is that it happens so often and so frequently and the response to it was so poor so often and so frequently. It's impossible for me, at least, to kind of say, like, yeah, no, I, I, I understand it's just a small few people and, uh, yeah. you know, I, I now just see it as this almost evil empire. Institution, with, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? So what what was Simon Harris thinking, though, when that announcement came out? I, I genuinely don't think they ever no. understood how big and bad the reaction would be. I genuinely, like, just re- think about it this way. This is the way they've always done things. Like, the... The church has been entwined in health and education literally since the foundation of the state. So it probably didn't occur to anyone. And bear in mind, there was like a massive row last year that they just got over where like the St. Vincent's was trying to make sure that it could run the new National Maternity Hospital. And they had a massive row and they brought in like a mediator and they sorted it out. So I think the department probably thought, Asher, that's grand now. We've sorted that. Whatever about the land thing. Yeah. But like... The public knew that it wasn't like there was going to be nuns running the hospital. Like everyone got and understood that it was just the it's the, it was a moral issue. Yeah, it so was the it was association to, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to argue because people were like, "Well, what are you going to do? Like they do own the land. It has to be at St Vincent's. You can't move it anywhere else." And they were saying, "Would you rather that there was no hospital at all?" But people were just like, "I think it was a real. It was a really huge moment in our Ireland's social history because the the anger was like completely unprecedented, and it was a big victory for people power as well. When otherwise people at the start, people were saying, you know, is this actually a story or is it just feminists whinging on Twitter? But the the scale of it was so big that the Sisters of Charity actually decided to withdraw from healthcare completely. Mm-hmm. Never mind, just like give over the land for the maternity hospital. That's a really big moment in like Ireland's social history. It'll definitely have a slot in reeling in the years. Definitely, yeah, absolutely. Definitely we had um, we had Jess Kelly on from News Talk Tech correspondent, and she told us like sometimes when she puts out tweets about her opinion on 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 new kind of. Uh, TVs or technical type things technology that, technology <laughs> that, <laughs> that she'd get stick like you're, you're, the stuff that you report on is quite like and as we discussed like some of them are some of the arguments kind of against your pieces like they're quite militant yeah. have you experienced any crap on Twitter all the, like all the time but the one comforting thing is I just started like a block policy as soon as people if somebody's being a dick to me on Twitter it's 8 o'clock in the evening and I'm having a glass of wine I'm definitely not paid to deal with that shit so nobody's entitled to having me try to re-educate them or have like a little feminist debate so I started blocking them and the reassuring thing was once I started blocking them they were all gone in like 3 or 4 weeks so they must be a tiny amount of people mm, and they will pop up every now and then like my editor 
has a this bizarre position where he thinks he can like argue people into common sense on the internet and he will just keep like keep going and keep going but there is like a cohort of people who are just convinced that I am like pro abortion that I like I'm sitting there like chewing jelly babies thinking about like legalizing abortion and stuff which is not the case at all and they just think that I am like a pro you know that I have a a, a militant agenda that I'm in like George Soros is like paying my rent or something but like it's just you just have to get over it covering abortion anywhere in the world not just in Ireland is like difficult and when you are a woman as well like you obviously get the misogyny as well like people assume there's this weird rhetoric where people think that those who are from a pro-choice perspective are just really slutty and just want to have sex all the time and not deal with the consequences so there's like misogyny entwined in it as well but like you get abuse on twitter for the most innocuous things like it doesn't have to be a big expose on abortion or if you're a woman existing on the internet then you are up for like public criticism apparently all the time just when you said about your editor there and he's trying to educate people, I just got this image of Will McAvoy in the newsroom where he's like, I'm going to civilise the masses. And I'm like, look at that. It's, it's life and art. And it's all Literally, just... Literally. That yeah. is, he's like, you know, like, somebody's wrong on the internet. I have to like sit down and sort it out. I'm like, no, I'm blocking this straight away. Other than that, you like Twitter? I love Twitter. Like, it's really, mm. it's really nice to... Uh, get to speak to like readers and stuff every day I think there's like a cohort of people on Twitter who said that they just started subscribing to the times because they saw our stuff being shared around uh, particularly like young women like if yeah. I'm writing about all their sort of stuff that they mightn't have thought would it be in broadsheet newspapers before that's great and it's really nice to like have conversations with people that you never would have met before um it, it does make me kind of anxious because it's so easy to appear like super gorgeous and funny on Twitter <laughs> and then people are just chronically disappointed <laughs> when they meet you in real life and I'm not able to think in like 140 character quips or like talking bollocks. <laughs> and no emojis. Like eight, yeah, no emojis either. Um, so that's that's grand. I think maybe um, I'm always surprised that nobody from work has pulled me aside and been like, you need to stop like drunk tweeting and putting like your splash on it on the next day. Like there's such a mix of like, it'll be like, and today another abuse agency, blah, blah. And then it's like, hey guys, do you ever think taxis are weird? Just like <laughs> such, a, such a bad balance of like personal and professional. I'm, I'm surprised I haven't been like pulled up on that and work before. Maybe I will now. Okay, now that you've announced <laughs> it. Yeah, now you've that I've announced it. it. That I know I'm doing yeah. something wrong. I'll just crack it up. You're going to editor and watch out. Your conversation with Louise uh, Burton. Oh, and it was like, because I know Louise, and it was like, uh, the two of you were kind of agreeing that the both of hate emojis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh my God, and it's coming on the podcast. Um, Louise has messaged me there, so I better not use emojis anymore. <laughs> I genuinely was thinking our conversation on emojis was original. I was like, look at that organic original content. And now you've just absolutely... Just harvesting my Twitter for all the things I yeah, hate. Although great, I do yeah. put a lot of like, I put a lot of personal information out there. And sometimes I'm wondering like, if there was somebody weird enough, it would be very easy to track me down and figure yeah, out. That's, yeah. I, I doubt uh, anyone would be arsed. So. Bill Bohr has a great story about that, where he used to like talking like his comedy gigs and on twitter and all that about like just everything in his life pretty much like to the point where he'd talk about his dog and he'd tell all these funny stories about his dog until one day a bloke approached him on the street and was like how's cleo bill oh, and he was like so he was like what God. and he was like how's cleo bill and he was like oh my dog my dog's good sounds like a good dog bill like just oh my God, proper like yeah just proper and he was like oh i'm not talking about my dog anymore or oh, any of that shit like that freaked me out yeah, yeah. No, i wouldn't be out for that um Ooh, yeah, okay. Uh, where, right, I had this 
I don't want to say debate. It wasn't. It was more so just like a, a, a bullshit conversation, really. But um, like all conversations, then he has ninety nine percent. Only the ones that don't feed around. Don't <laughs> um, positive discrimination. Okay. Necessary evil or a big pile of shite. It is a necessary evil. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, I mean, looking at like gender quotas and stuff, mm. there is a tangible difference in the doll this time around. And yeah. I was interested to hear Leo Radker say last week, he was asked about gender quotas at one of the Fine Gael hustings, like the little rows that they have before they decide who can be the Taoiseach. Oh, you, you were at one of them, right? <laughs> yeah. Those. yeah, that was a fun weekend. And uh, Leo Radker was asked about gender quotas and I was just fascinated that, you know, he said, you know, I wasn't convinced and now I am. I think they're a good idea. But he decided to cushion his argument by saying, don't worry though, men. Uh, no young men will be left behind because of gender quotas and I thought you know Irish politics is really the last place I thought men would suffer from any sort of discrimination whatsoever Um, and I get it like I don't like the idea that I would be I would hate it if my editor was like you were only selected for this job because we needed more women in Mm. the newsroom you'd like to think that you were there on merit but if you look around Irish politics and Irish journalism there's clearly an issue And it couldn't be that women are just not as good as men because men have been shite at being politicians since, like, 1922. So it has to be... There has to be an issue, like, on the way up. And maybe it does create more sexism if you have, like, some local councillor who's aggrieved because some young woman got into Dole Aaron instead of him. Yeah. But, like, if those politicians are good enough... Like, I think we could do with a bit of a filter system in the doll anyway, because there's plenty of shite people getting oh, in. that's true. Big that's very, very true. I remember, it just brings me back, I remember I got my first job when I was about, what, 19, 20. And uh, I remember telling him... You got your first job, you still haven't worked, have you? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember telling him... <laughs> What's that? I was trying to stick my fingers up, but I was holding a pencil as well. I, I, I was telling family members that I was successful in the interview, I got the job. And it's some of them instead of saying like it's real Irish thing, but some of them instead of saying congratulations, well done. Some of them were like, uh, "Oh yeah, sure, they probably needed a wheelchair." Quality. Oh, for f- and I was like, "No, I think I did a good interview. Like I, I just deserved it. Yeah, I did a really good job. It. Yeah, they get a grant, don't they?" It's like, "Oh, for God's sake, what would they get a grant for?" <laughs> I remember that. It was crazy. A grant? Yeah. What they get like free punch or a pair kids or something from yeah. Ireland? <laughs> I remember a bit they were saying that and I was like oh my god you for real that's insulting yes. like, that's really insulting yeah, that is that's bad crack so you were only in the times Irish edition because you're female yeah yeah. yeah yeah they just needed like some a random woman every now and then yeah. I think yeah. for like in case there's a, a tribunal or something yeah, it's a joke that you got the job yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Joke. I actually don't write any of the stories there's a really talented oh, man I knew it I and knew they just put like I knew it. it was too good it's to be an true expose. Yeah. Uh, there's just a really good man who really understands women's issues and they just yeah. put my name on the he, I, it's a ghost writer I would imagine there's, I would imagine there's several men who understand <laughs> women's issues come on come on I do think though we have um, maybe I'm I'm going to get pulled apart in the office for saying this but I think that we've had almost more female front pages than male ones uh, since the paper launch we certainly had a lot of them like more so than probably some of the other broadsheets so mm. I'm pretty smug about that maybe that's about to change so if my editor let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. knock her down a peg yeah. Yeah. like it's all your stories are getting spiced now it's going to be like wait a second we're keeping track of this yeah. <laughs> 
We're going to level the scores, lads. <laughs> <laughs> to be a leaderboard in the office. Yeah. That is a great idea. I'm definitely going to inter- I'm going to bring in a whiteboard myself. <laughs> just like add little gold stars. Yeah. Just Her. so I can like give myself a superiority complex. Yeah, exactly. There will be absolute wars. It'll just be gender wars all over. Yeah, yeah gender yeah. wars. Just yeah. undermining the masculinity of the other men mm. in the office. That's like a hobby. So being paid to do what you love. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're going to ask, Graham, but you've got very stressed about it there. Are you all right? No, I hate when I forget. That's okay. Um, I was rambling, so it probably went way off the... Oh, did no. positive discrimination, was it? Was that what you were talking about? Yeah, but... I suppose, yeah, you'd get the whole positive discrimination thing too, actually. Yeah, well, you just gave an example of it, obviously, but yeah. like... I mean... I haven't got that in a while, though. No? No, I don't think so. I don't listen to people if they... You get patronising discrimination... <laughs> <laughs> that's a really <laughs> nice way to put it yeah. patronising discrimination yeah or dickheads <laughs> yeah yeah as they're more commonly known yeah. Yeah, to give yeah. them their proper title high five me for going to the pub and all like, oh fuck off are you serious yeah yeah haven't got that in a while though yeah I saw Louise talking about that recently she was doing a really good thread and one of it was like well done for coming out tonight yeah, or something yeah. really fucking patronising oh. like that I'm so surprised that people like that still exist I used to I, I went to a lecture picnic four or five years in a row and a few times they'd be like, oh, fair play to you for coming down. Oh, my it's God. Like, How do you respond yeah. to that? Because, like, you don't want to get into a row. You don't want to waste your time Depends getting into a row. Because if I'm in a row mood, I might go, like, what the fuck are you on about? Yeah. What do you mean fair play? Fair play to you for coming down. I'm like... <laughs> and the, your man, your, there's one lad that said to me that was off his face in Ketterman and he could barely stand. It's like, do you need me chair more than me? Stadium. Wow, that's awful. Yeah. Why you fair play to you? Yeah, fair play to you. I haven't got it in a while. There was one man in the local uh, that I always used to say it, and then I flipped it, and any time I'd see him come into the pub, I'd say, oh, fair play to you. <laughs> Coming out, and he was kind of going, what the hell's going on here? And I flipped it on him, but I haven't got it in a while. But yeah. when I do get it, it depends on what mood I'm in. Like, I remember Jordan, I remember Jordan, the the snow, the great snow of 2011. Oh, we all remember that. Oh, yeah. We all remember that. Snow, yeah. My car was out of service and I was getting the Lewis home from Leopardstown. And the ice, I misjudged the ice on the path and I fell out of my chair. And I was getting up real quick. And then a woman comes over to me and goes, you shouldn't really be out in this. Fuck off. Serious? Yeah, yeah. So you should just... I shouldn't know to work. Yeah. So yeah. A, bit, a bit of adverse weather and you should be like, oh, that's it. I don't have the snow chains for the tyres. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the snow chains, yeah. <laughs> I wanted the Huskies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the Huskies either. But there was a man. We should um, definitely get you a set of Huskies for the snowman. Yeah, be great, wouldn't Let's it? work on that. Going Let's down the jeweler. Oh, but there was a man that overheard her and he was like, are you for real? Good. And um, she kind of just walked off. But she was a real busybody kind of... A bitch. A bitch, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Busybody, yeah. Oh, bitch. Yeah. I love how you've tried to be polite there. You've tried so to... so polite, yeah. though, these dickheads. Exactly. Absolutely. I'm just yeah, so excellent. horrified that it's like, it's regular enough that you have several anecdotes. Oh, it is. It's like concerts and going out in town, if you're in a nightclub in town. Um, like, you might, might get some people taking pictures and all. Fuck off! Are you serious? What? That's happened once, yeah. Somebody took it just because I was on a dance floor, yeah. But did these people years have, ago. Like, live in the world? Like how? God, it was. It, do you remember that old nightclub fireworks? No. Mm. Oh, was that where the fire station was? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What street is that? Dan? 
it's it's around the corner from Pier Street Tr- Dar Station. It's on Trinity. Just yeah, like uh, oh, I don't know street names. Yeah, but near Townsend Street. I thought, yeah, I'm. Quite it's near Star Street Garden Station. Oh right, it's okay. the opposite of Star Street Garden Station. Star Street? No, not Star Street. Star Street's yeah. over at Post Airden, isn't it? No. This great audio, people. <laughs> Here we go. Anyway, fireworks. I was out there years ago. Jesus, it must have been twenty or it's something. It's near. What's that building that they done a homeless thing at Christmas? It's near Hollow House. It's near. It's around the corner from that. And uh, um, okay. these lads were like, "Oh, can we take a picture?" And I was like, "Do I know you?" And they were like, "Yeah." Uh, just like a picture just oh great that you're god. out on the dance floor now. oh my god I'm actually yes. cringing yeah. so bad but yeah no it's happened it, 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 it depends on what mood I'm in I could go to town and go nuts or sometimes just like oh let's go away will you when you say go to town and go nuts do you mean turn into your usual diva self or <laughs> yeah where you demand people get away from you and give you your space do they not know who you are I, I'm I always say do you not know who I am yeah. do you not see I was in Fair City yeah. I always use that line of people probably like, a good line to use that is me. the best it <laughs> hasn't happened quite a while but yeah that's there, awful there's more than 10 anecdotes that I could that's horrifying yeah. that's so bad but in Australia when I lived in Australia did I tell you I lived in Australia you lived in Australia yeah I told Ellen a few times in the car as well um, Jeez, I'm learning but about you, man. out in the pub or in the nightclub and I remember when we first went over we were kind of going oh we get to know the Aussies but to me they were brain dead I'm generalising but I was going to say hang on a lot of the people I met <laughs> were in what way like cabbages. what were they saying well like instead of kind of getting a, a natural conversation in a pub kind of going oh how was your day how are you the first thing they always used to say to me was uh why are you in the chair that'd be after about 30 seconds and i was thinking ah we're in queensland it won't be the same when we go traveling but it was the same it's Queen, queensland really? the healy ray territory of australia is it possibly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be it would be yeah um, but then the further we got down south and stuff like it didn't happen when i was in new zealand that never happened I never got any of that crap. That is chronic. That's yeah, so that bad. Is yeah, yeah. And it'd, it'd be like, oh no, they won't, won't happen now in Sydney or Melbourne. That they're real. Yeah, they're you real wouldn't think so. Metropolitan, lovely cities, and then now it did. Oh god. So we're like, all right, we're reaching out for Irish now. <laughs> we're going to the Irish bars and yeah. shit like that. I I was actually remember I was at Damien Dempsey last summer in Hout. Oh, I remember this one. Yeah, and this one was the worst that I can remember. And I was with one of my friends, um, Donna, and we were there early and we got our seats. And uh, it was in the beer garden of the stream, I think it's called. In the oh, it's the bloody stream. The bloody stream. Yeah. Yeah, gorgeous beer garden. And so we rocked up, we're sitting down, and then this woman kind of just points over to me and she's like, as if to say, I'll be over in a minute. So he says to Donna, do, do you know her? Donna's like, no, having a clue. So she comes over. And uh, she said, do you mind if we sit? Now, there's no tables. It was just a, a kind of a seats in against the wall the whole oh, way yeah, around. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so she said, do you mind if I sit beside you? And we're like, no, go ahead. There's nobody else there. Like, And um, she's like, oh, I work with wheelchair users. And I was like cringing inside. Is that not kind of the equivalent of that whole, I have a black friend? Yeah, yeah. Bl- it absolutely is. What yeah. did she want? Like a medal or? I don't know. And she, what did else? Or how did you just get out here? To, or where are you from? He said, uh, Southside. She goes, Jay, you came out far, yeah. And I says, Oh, yeah, I drove. You drive? Oh, God. No oh, way. Oh, God. Oh, God. And I was like, Oh, my God. And Donna was nearly running amok inside. The next question then was, Are you riding? <laughs> and Donna's like, Oh, my God, are you serious? 
And she's like, I'm only asking. And we we're like, it's none of your business, like. And what? then her husband came along, and her husband was an absolute gentleman. And he knew people that we knew from the south side, and uh, we were talking about that. But as soon as she went to the toilet, we legged it up to the f- top of the stage. And come here to me, though. Where are you riding? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, that happened. The, the funniest. So I can tell the, the lads I, I mind um, that they can drive. And I was like, oh, and geez. I gave her the dismay look, and I was like, oh, go away, will you? Yeah, yeah. Now, it happens quite a bit. Well, Louise goes to all the festivals, so I'd say she'd have a few stories. Yeah, it's mad that, like... Louise wrote the article, um, a fantastic article, when Kevin Kilban and Catherine Thomas That spent was a the, superb yeah, piece of writing. That oh, was, was so brilliant. Good. Uh, she wrote a brilliant piece when they were spending the day in yeah. a wheelchair. I think I spoke to you about her before. She's coming on the pod soon. Is she? Yeah. Excellent. Look forward to that one. She's class. She's deadly. That's the legless in Dublin? Is that the... Yeah, I think she changed the name of it. But yeah, it is that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think on a notification today says she changed the name of it. Yeah. Ellen, we're running out of time with you. Which is a pity. Eleanor? I said Ellen, we're running out of time. Oh, there's Eleanor. All right, man. It's very unfamiliar. (laughs) (laughs) Creating a new new name for (laughs) you. All right, man. (laughs) Sorry. You get... Sorry. You can go with that if you want. Like re-record <laughs> the top. <Yeah. laughs> so my editor definitely doesn't hear it. Exactly, yeah. um, he's gone. That's sorry, sorry. That's you all right? Yeah. You good? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Composed. Good. And um, so Eleanor, come here. Um, <laughs> well, what what are your kind of hopes to get all wanky about this? <laughs> right. But but like because I mean because. The content that kind of you're, we've talked about in some ways has been, you know, quite dark and heavy for an mm, awful lot of it. Bleak. And I can't imagine that it's the crack getting to work on that all the time. Well, it might ultimately be very rewarding, you know, when, when yeah. results come or whatever. But, you know, I can't imagine you go home every day and go, tell you what. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> My poor flatmate is like, oh God, what now? Really? Like, I'd say she has great stories for her work colleagues. Well, yeah, well, it's always just like, what, where do you keep finding these bleak things to do mm. all the time? It's like the misery, misery uh, correspondent. But like, I do really, really, really love my job. And the thing that I was saying to like, I think I was talking to someone about this recently. And I was just saying that like, you're never going to run out of things to write about if you're writing about how things are shit for women. So like, it would be really hard. I honestly, I can't see myself moving away from, yeah. like if there was like a repeal of the Eighth Amendment, obviously I will eventually start writing about something else. <laughs> but like there's loads of other issues there. And I do really enjoy it. Like it's nice to, I wanted to come back to Ireland because it's nice to do journal, to be extra wanky about it, like mm. right back at you. It's nice to do journalism in your own country because the point of journalism is to like make things marginally better than they were. And if you're yeah. doing that in your own country, it's great, but it's 10 times better if you're doing it for like your friends. So like if you're doing stuff on like how shit access to contraception is, that benefits like me and my friends because can't be paying 50 euro for a doctor's appointment plus like the 80 euro for the pill if you've got like is that how much it is that's how it used to be in 2011 you'd have to pay 50 euro for the doctor's appointment and then 80 euro for the emergency contraception and then when it came out in 2011 i did a piece for the sunday times about how they only made like one kind of the pill legal so like the 
the let's say it was like the norofin of pills so you could only get one kind but people were charging between like 14 euro and 55 euro for exactly the same thing depending on like where you live and like i said if you're on a medical card you used to have to go through like like you're in a rush right (laughs) if you're trying to get the morning after pill so you're like okay so i have to go to a gp and then go to the pharmacy before i can take the pill in a country that's pretty precarious on you know reproductive rights anyway so if you can't afford to access the pill without the medical card you're not going to be able to afford a flight to liverpool are you it's like all this sort of stuff is you're probably judged as well when you go oh my god so there's so many horror stories people can still like conscientiously object to selling the morning after pill Jesus. if a pharmacist just personally doesn't believe it ireland like people will really yeah, like we're very judgmental. I love Ireland. I love Irish people. They're crack, but we're judgmental whores. Yeah. Like, you get judged if you buy stuff to stop diarrhea in a chemist. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like emergency contraception, yeah, is yeah. a whole other. I mean, th- there is a stigma about buying Johnny's, for God's sake. Yeah. Which yeah. which is laughable. Do you know what I mean? But, so buying, especially when it first became... Yeah, I can't even imagine, like, I wasn't in Ireland, I was just back from, I was still in college, but I can't imagine what it was like to be, like, one of those first people going to the pill, going Mm. to the counter trying to get the pill. But stuff like that, like, that affects me and my friends, and it probably is a kind of selfishness to want to focus on that sort of journalism, but, like, men have been focusing on their own issues for ages, so I don't feel, it's not keeping me up at night, like... But I, I really, as miserable as it is and as much of a conversation killer as it is in the pub, I just think I, I couldn't move away from this and go and do... I'd love to be like a beauty blogger and just get like loads of shit sent to you for free. But I don't think... <laughs> I I just don't... I'm so hooked on what I'm doing now. I don't think I yeah. could really give it up. What do you think of bloggers and influencers? Um, They get a lot of stick. I mean, journalism was people doing all of that for decades, like people were journalists were a different kind of bloggers um the only thing i would question is like i know there's some questions about like ethics and transparency some people are excellent like i follow some bloggers who are so transparent in what they do get paid for and what they don't get paid for but i think some of it is people kind of taking the piss and um basically advertising so i just suppose like everything information online is in flux at the moment and i just think it's a bit it's a bit up your own hole for journalists Based like on, me to claim that yeah. we have the author- we are the gatekeepers of good information. Like I absolutely welcome bloggers and stuff. They're doing some journalism better than some Irish beauty sections would have been doing before mm. then. So I just think like the more people, the better. I'm not Sorry. one of these like snobs, mainly because I read these blogs every day religiously. <laughs> so I don't waste my money on some like shite makeup that costs like 70 euro. <laughs> I, the whole YouTube. Uh, it's the, the influencer word kind of. I makes, hate that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't that like is, that. That is, that is a, I don't like that word either. But the whole the whole YouTube thing and people who like just vlog their life, it's something that I didn't know was happening until like, Oksana just lives on YouTube. She doesn't watch tell anymore. She just watches YouTube. So I now know all these people who are YouTubers. And when I say no, I mean I'm aware of them. I don't mean like... like you know them personally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, I'm like, this is bananas. Like this is just literally they're like, going to, to on the school run in the morning and they're videoing it and then they come back and they have their breakfast and they're videoing it yeah, and they, yeah, they upload yeah. all this content at like seven o'clock in the evening and you're sitting there watching them have their day they're not doing anything different to mm. anything else and i'm like they're wait what they get free stuff for this yeah they, yeah. Get, they get paid for this yeah a lot of them are on snapchat aren't they probably yeah the i don't inf- know influencers the the guy that runs ireland.com 
No, it's a different contributor every day. Oh, yeah, it's like a different person every week or something. Yeah, like yeah. or every week, is it? It's not Dara. Dara, <laughs> Dara Doyle. Dara Doyle. He tweeted, actually... I'd, I'd oh, I saw this. It was I'd, awful. I'd, I'd, I quite like Dara Doyle's Twitter. He's very good. He's excellent, but he tweeted out one yesterday, which is why I thought I'd bring it up, because I read it and I was like, oh, my God, this is what I hate about... Um, that sort of culture. Yeah, that yeah. Ab- absolute culture. But he... he oh, this is the thing about the people... Uh, some chap emailed a hotel yeah. saying, yeah. oh, I'm an influencer and this would be great. What, what was the word he used? Exposure. Exposure. Where? Which is... Oh, like, on, journalists man. have been listening to that word for ages when yeah. people just want you to write shite for free. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exposure. I used to do freelance stuff and I'll never forget the amount of times we're like... For exposure. Ah. I mean, does it look great in a portfolio? I'm like, Fuck your portfolio. <laughs> oh, I haven't had bachelor of bread in months, man. I want to treat. <laughs> so he tweeted, onlineers, bloggers, and those who call themselves influencers, don't be this person. Don't ever be this person. So it was the caption of a message, and it says, as you know, we look after our social media accounts for many businesses uh, around Ireland. An influencer got in touch requesting a two-night stay in the hotel for free for himself and his partner. He said he has 20, 22,000 followers, so it would be great exposure. We replied saying, we're afraid this is impossible, but thank you for your interest. The influencer said, fine, I won't be coming, and nor will any of my 22,000 followers. Wow. Come on, get the bleeding, Mo. That is, yeah. That is, like, full on. You don't know who I am. <coughs> yeah, like, that is yeah. you don't know who I am territory. I mean, like, I've seen you pull that in the eye go in. But <laughs> like, <laughs> You're now pulling the logo. <laughs> You're now pulling the logo. Just to skip the queue. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you not know yeah. who I am? I'm in a wheelchair. Yeah, you are. Yeah, well done. That's good, what I use. Good for you. Um, but yeah, no, I hate influencer. It's Yeah, it's a, it's a shitty term. It is a shitty, They're shitty term. It's kind of just got so famous from like some in some respects I'm kind of going geez fair play to you for taking advantage of a kind of free tool and making nearly 100% profit <laughs> because you're getting to go because some some the next hotel will say yes to that person some hotel will say yes yeah but like I mean journalists can be insufferable as well because I think Twitter has made us um you can become a personality because you are tweeting from your personal account like mm. you're not known as you're not tweeting from the times yeah. And because journalists end up on like TV and radio so much, I think some people can make like a personality out of it. Um, and I think maybe sometimes that can be dangerous because then you get into like the like um, the culture of your experiences being worthy enough of writing about in 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 and of themselves. This yeah. kind of like personal uh, kind of I hate saying confessional writing because there is a merit to it and people always use that word when they're talking about women but I think there is an element of like journalists making themselves personalities because they have like online profiles now where people can follow you specifically rather than following the paper or following the brand or even subscribing or buying yeah. the paper yeah that's exactly what it is it's this whole thing of some people almost treating themselves like they're now a commodity because <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And it's like so like, valuable like you could go to any paper and they would have you kind yeah, of thing exactly whereas yeah, it's kind of like it's you know it's totally different because you're just witty in 140 characters or less and those um, people in real life are always dry shites I think <laughs> I have been so disappointed by people like I've met people who I follow on Twitter who on Twitter I love like I'm like I'm checking their account if I don't see it on my timeline kind of thing and then I met them in person and I was like oh you you were just awful this awful. is my living nightmare because it's so easy to like come up with 
like mm. I write for a living so hopefully I would be more funny on Twitter anyway but like you know meeting people that you've only known online is just like sweat inducing trauma yeah. Like, it's yeah. so terrifying. You're so filtered, so funny, like, so perfect online. And then people meet the horrible, chronic, like, three-dimensional version. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, so, so unglamorous and so yeah. unwitty. So, mm. like, that's, um, like, that's a constant problem. And in real life, you don't have emojis to fall back on. Exactly, yeah. 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 Like, can't fill the silence with emojis either. Yeah, that's exactly. traumatic. Um, if people aren't already following you, on social media. Yeah, so if you'd like to have unreasonable ex- expectations, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's just at Ellen M. Coyne, C-O-Y-N-E, not like the penny, C-O-Y-N-E. I, I, I like, get that a lot. Really? Get, yeah. I was like, what do you mean the penny? And then People I was like, think like oh, coin, 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 yeah. Yeah, because the English language works. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and it's the Times Ireland edition. Yes, and by the time you'll have heard this, podcast um it will be we'll have our print edition so print edition is in the shops this saturday and uh the first monday edition will be uh next week so we're going to be in all of the shops it's gonna be every day yeah every day and then the sunday times our sister paper on sunday and it's going to be a very special uh promotional price so it'll be very very competitive so, so the so right so this podcast goes out on a Sunday so the bank holiday Monday yeah so tomorrow you'll be able to go into the shop and get the first Monday morning very, Ireland edition of the Times in print very exciting buy it and then you can eBay it when the print industry falls on its arse and all <laughs> the papers shut down it could be it could come back though yeah it could come back well it, we're coming back we're coming back it's like a trendy uh, revival of print but yeah mm. buy it it'll be it's a like special collector's edition yeah, yeah, now would probably be a bad time to bring up East and selling their whole print anyway um, <laughs> I will edit that out. <laughs> so, yeah, so the Times Ireland edition uh, coming to a new shelf now. Imminently. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, now, right dead. now. Um, thank you very much for coming into us. No problem at all. Thank it you. was it's a pleasure. Great. I've enjoyed the last hour and a little bit. Good. Uh, the, the social media thing I'm at Dan Joe Murray I'm at Mary and the podcast is at WTS pod and you can check out all our previous 100 chapters I'm thinking of changing me me social oh, media oh no you can't hang do that on. you've garnered so many followers okay I won't do it but, I just but, think Mary Gamania is quite juvenile because it was my first email address when I was like 12 marygamania at aircom.net pretend it's ironic okay I'm not, get, I'm not getting rid of Mary Gamania yeah. Ellen has just decided give it a backstory that you won't give to anyone just make it mysterious and weird I oh, really want to know what your alternative is though <laughs> I don't have an alternative <laughs> so this is just a, you're going this on a whim yeah just uh, as you I said you can't make a decision like that on no a whim. Graham no. no I won't I won't Mary Gamania the brand is there anyway. <laughs> come on okay that's it I'm not changing at Dan Joe Murray at Mary Gamania I'm trying to build my brand <laughs> Don't you abandon me? At WTS Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash WTS Pod, Ireland Facebook. I said Facebook, sorry, I mean WTS Pod.com. And we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Pod, being Podcast Republic, Podcast Addict, anywhere and everywhere there's a podcast. Just search WTS Pod, and there's a hundred other episodes. Not as good as this, but almost as good as this. <laughs> out there waiting for you to download them. We're brought to you by Fitzpatrick Castle. Check out FitzpatrickCastle.com. <laughs> Check out on Fitzpatrick Castle. And, I, and just now, as I said, that I've realised at the start of this episode, I made a whole thing about not saying check out, and I've just said check, check out, out FitzpatrickCastle.com. <laughs> just go to... Yeah, just go to just, the website. You know up, where we are at this stage. Just pop up to the hotel. Everything's lovely. <laughs> it's been a long night. Yeah. <laughs> Ellen, once again, thank you. Thanks, Ellen. No problem. Merlo, until next week. Clear eyes. Full hearts. And lose. Look. Too sweet.